chapter 4 of Colossians, verse number 7. To all my state shall Tisetius there declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that they might know your estate and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, now let's, let's look what he says about him. A faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. They shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. Lord, we just ask you to touch our hearts, lift them up, and encourage us. And Father, we just praise you for what you've done and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Looking at this man tonight, Paul's friend Onesimus. I'm going to tell you the story of Onesimus from where he's at now. Here he's walking with the Lord. He's getting towards the end of his life. and He's walked a long time with the Lord. He's moving on. But we're going to work our way backwards to where he got his start at. You know, if you walk in a church like Colossae here, or any other church for that matter, where it said that Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, if you walk into a, this church and they, would, they were singing and, and shouting and, and, and some people are crying and raising holy hands and they're praying and, and they're worshiping somebody preaching, if you just uh, walked in and looked around and somebody said, hey, you see that guy over there? You see that guy over there? He's a sharp-looking guy. He, he, he's doing pretty good. He's worshiping. He, he's got a good testimony. They might say, yeah, I see that. Have you heard where he come from? Have you heard where he come from? I mean, most people look at people in the church, and they don't never see uh, uh, what they used to be. They just see what they are now. You realize some of the most judgmental people in the world are those outside the church because every time they look inside the church, they see the product of what God has been doing in their life. And they're so judgmental. Well, you know, they say, well, that lady doesn't know uh, what I'm going through, has no clue what I'm facing because she's never been through anything in her life. She's never done anything wrong. I, I know that guy doesn't have a clue where I'm at in my life. He's drunk nothing stronger than buttermilk. He doesn't know what it's like to be strung out and be his life is in a wreck. He ain't got a clue. But see, all they're seeing is some of the products of God working in people's life. They, they don't see when it was God found you, how you was living when God came by. They don't see what kind of person you was when God finally got a hold of you. I, I, we wasn't looking for God. Uh, God came looking for us. They don't see how rough you had it. Uh, they don't see the past that you had. Uh, uh, they just see something that God is working with and God has done. Amen. They don't see where God took the rough edges and, and shaved them off and took that filthy, dirty body and washed it up and got the sin cleaned up. They don't see that. They just see a product that God's working with. 
That, that's what they see here with Onesimus. All we are seeing in Colossae is a fellow Paul calls him a faithful and beloved brother. And it tells this church that he is one of you. He's one of you. That is all that we see, this guy. They're walking together with the Lord. He's one of Paul's boys. Paul had three boys after the faith. We all know that. Timothy, he called a, is a son after the faith. Titus, he called a son after the faith. And, faith. and Onesimus is a son after the faith. Paul calls these, these my sons after the faith. Paul had a hand in leading them to the Lord and training them to walk with God. Everybody looks at Timothy's life, and you know they, what the Bible said about Timothy. From a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. He is a boy that grew up in church. He had a godly mother. He had a godly grandmother, Lois and Eunice. The Bible talks about Timothy has been around church and God all his life. Paul lead him to the Lord, but Onesimus ain't like that. He's, he's totally different from Timothy. Onesimus comes from the wrong side of the tracks. He's that fellow that's from way out there. That, that's what I love about the family of God. There are people in here that grew up in the church, and there are people that have never heard uh, about Jesus Christ and the gospel of God until they got older. They, they were out in the world, and, and they didn't know anything about it. But there are some people that's been in church all their life, and, they, and they've never been out in the world. But there are some people that gotten so deep into the world until God got a hold of them. God brings them out and brings us all together, puts us in this family of God, in this household of faith, and worship the Lord together. And once God saves us and puts us, there's no big I and a little you. We're all in the family of God. And that, that's what he says, he is one of you. We're all saints of the body of Christ. Serving the Lord, trying to walk with God together. You know what I find? That when I look at Onesimus' life, I say I see every one of us in him. More than any of the Paul's friends, more than any that we may go up to look, I, I, I find that we see in us more of Onesimus than anybody else. Colossians is the first place you find his name, but it ain't the only place you find his name. It, 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 when he writes Colossians about 64 A.D., I want to back up about two years before 64 A.D. and about 62 A.D. and go to Philema with me. Turn over to Philema. So we're looking at his life going backwards tonight, just real quickly. Verse number 10. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in times past was thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. 
whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him that is mine on bowels, whom I have had retained with him that in my stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without my mind, without nothing, I do nothing, that they benefit should not be as if it were of necessity, necessary, but willing. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou should receiveth him forever. Not now as a servant, but as above a servant. A brother beloved, special to me, but now much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he had wronged thee or owed thee aught, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written this my own hand. I will repay all that I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thy own self beside. Yea, brother, let me have joy in thee and the Lord. Refresh my bowels of the Lord, having confidence in thy obedience. I wrote, wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. The main subject of this book is the reason why Paul writes it to the, about this to this man Philemon. It's, it's for the sake of this boy Onesimus. He is the main subject of the book, Philemon. Do you know what the name Onesimus means? It means profitable. And what we find in his early life, it starts out, he's anything but profitable. He's nothing. He's not profitable to God. He's not profitable to Paul. He's not even profitable to an individual. He's not even profitable to himself. I just want to give you four quick things about this man, Onesimus. And make some comparisons of his life in our life tonight. We see Onesimus pass. Now I have to admit that I have tried to change up the alliterations. And I, I don't like to use the same alliterations from one message to the next message. But this is the way it just worked out. The past. We talked about the past this morning. You, you, we talked about how uh, you, you can still live for God and be faithful to God in spite of your past. Well, here and there we're talking about the past again. There, there's somebody in here that has a problem with your past. Maybe you're trying to deal with your past and it just ain't getting right. But maybe you need to hear this more than anybody else. Onesimus, we see Onesimus' past. You say, what, what's it all about his past? Well, if you look about it and understand about it, in verse 16 it says, now, not now as a servant, but above a servant. I'm sending him back to you, not as a slave, not as a runaway, but as a servant, but as a servant, above a servant. I don't know if Onesimus was bought into slavery or was he born in slavery, but regardless, this fellow is somebody else's bond slave or bond servant. He belongs to this man named Philemon. And, and notice his past, his past is... He, he was wrong his master. Verse number uh, 18, he said, uh, He hath wronged thee and owe thee. Verse 19, Paul said, I will repay it. Evidently, this brother took off running from his master. He stole some stuff from him and, and he did him wrong. And when he left, he took something that didn't belong to him. Evidently, he figured it like this. 
I, I'm going to try to get away as far as I can, as fast as I can from my master. He runs a pretty good long ways to Rome. That's where Paul's at in prison at Rome. He runs all the way to Rome, and Paul's a prisoner there. So he runs a pretty good distance from his master. He steals from his master. He wrongs his master. He tries to run as far as he could from his master. He runs off trying to get away from his past. Onesima has a past of bondage and, and brokenness. Let me say this. Every saint past and every sinner has a future tonight. There ain't not one of us in here that has, doesn't have a, a past of bondage. Not a bondage of sin, a brokenness of things that we've done wrong and messed up along the way. This is not one of those that could stand up and say, Preacher, I've made some sure enough mistakes in the past. They put me in some bad positions in my life. Because of the choices I made, I, I remember what it was like to be in bondage. Bondage and sin. I, I remember what it was like to be all messed up in life. That's because we have a past in our life. Onesima has a past. He's in bondage. He's in sin. And he's run away. He's done something wrong. And he's trying to get away as fast as he can. But we see Onesima's pardon. Isn't it great in the middle of the disobedience? in the middle of the deception, in the middle of him trying to get away from his brokenness and his bondage of sin, he ain't looking for God. Can you remember when you was in sin, you wasn't looking for God. You weren't thinking about God. You was trying to run away as fast as you could, as long as you could. You're trying to get away. You don't want to get a hold of God. You don't want God around you. You're just trying to get away from God. He's in verse 10. I beseech you, my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. Can I tell you all something? He didn't go. When he, when he ran to Rome, he got caught, and, and he was put in prison. He, he's not in prison to visit Paul. He's not looking to visit Paul. He's thrown into jail with Paul. And, and what, a, what a thought. Think about this. Here is this boy, Onesimus. He, he, he's, he's, he's a runaway. He has done some wrong. He's, run, he's wrong his master, and he's done all these things. Uh, and and he's, got, he's thrown into jail. And, and when they throw him in jail, they got to think, where are we going to put him at? And somebody says, well, let's just throw him over with that old Baptist preacher. And, and, and Paul was sitting there just waiting for his next, next suspect to tell them about Jesus Christ and the road to Damascus. He's just waiting for that. And, and then they take Onesimus and they throw him in a prison and he sits down beside Paul. Paul looks at him. He looks at Paul. Paul says, what are you in here for? He says, well, I don't want to talk about it. I, I don't want to get into it. What are you in here for? Well, I, I done my master wrong. I ran. I stole some stuff. I took some stuff. I, I just, I, I ran from him. Then Onesimus looks at Paul and says, what are you in here for? <laughs> Paul says, I killed people. I put people to death. 
I, I was the meanest, lowest, rotten snake there was on the planet. I, I seeked out the hate, the, uh, killed people. I took people and I, I drug them in and put them in the, uh, in the prison. I've done it. I just done all the things that I should not have done. I, I am the lowest of lowest. And about that time, Onesimus says, I'm in the wrong place. You threw me in a jail cell with a guy that's a murderer, and I'm not a murderer. But Paul says, you know what? Something changed in my life. Something happened in my life. It changed. Uh, and, and, and Paul said, hey, I, on the road to Damascus, I met this man called Jesus, and he changed my life, and he made something out of me. He made me greater than I am. I'm on this road to Damascus, and I seen him. He came, he touched my life, and now I am no longer. I hated the church. Now I love the church. I hated Christians. Now I love Christians. He changed my life. And if he changed my life, he can change your life. He saved me and he changed me. And I've been telling everybody about somebody that can change everybody. And I just want to let you know there's something about that. And Paul looks and he sees him. He said, where are you coming from? He said, well, I came down from over there. Colossae. Well, I, I know people in Colossae. I, I preached in Colossae. I preached there. Who, who's your master? Philemon. I know him. I know that man. I know him. Do, do you see, this is, all, this is not by accident. This man runs, and he runs as fast as he can, as far as he can, and he's running to Rome where Paul's at in prison. Paul's not running to him. So it's not Paul, hey, come and see me. He's not going to, he's trying to get away from his master. He's not running to get thrown in jail. He gets caught, and he gets put thrown in jail. And, and what, a, what a thought that he gets thrown into prison with Paul in the same cell with Paul. Ain't that the providence of God? That's how God works. It's not by accident. I know people say, well, that was just accidental. No, it's not. It's the providence of God working in both of those men's life. I don't know how you can, how much you can see. If you've got spiritual eyes, you can see, you can look back in your life and see how God orchestrated and brought you through things that you just don't know how. It had to be the providence of God bringing you through those places, bringing you to that place that got help, bringing to that place that got you over some things. It was the providence of God. So we see Onesimus, and we see ourselves in it. He's running because he was in bondage. We run because we're in bondage of sin. We're running from God. We're not running to God. We're running away from God. But God has always got something going on to get our attention. We see the pictures of Onesimus. How, how does that apply to us, preacher? We are Onesimus. What do you mean we are Onesimus? That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verse 14. For I am carnal, sold just like a slave, sold under sin, because in the Garden of Eden, 
Whereas by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed unto all men, that all have sinned, for all have sinned, and come short of the glory of God. I mean, we're sold under the bondage of sin. We're enslaved to this world, flesh, devil. We're, we're, in the, we're running from God. We don't want nothing to do with God. We have wronged God. We have sinned against God. Just like Onesimus did. He had wronged Philemon. He, he sinned against Philemon. And we're a bunch of thieves on the run from God tonight. You say, I ain't no thief. Every one of them here is a thief. Child of a thief. The blood that is running through your veins and my vein came from two thieves. You say, what do you mean? In the Garden of Eden. You say, well, how did that happen? The Bible said that he had made, the, made of one blood all nations for men, of men for to dwell on the face of this earth. You say, how's that thieves? Yes, I understand that. God said, did not eat of that tree. They took something from that tree that did not belong to them. They stole something from that tree that did not belong to them. There are a couple of thieves tonight. They took something from a tree. God decided to fix up the problem and he brought back another tree. He came and hung on a tree in the middle of two thieves. Amen. Two thieves took the something from the tree and God came and hung on the tree between two thieves. We weren't looking for God. Don't, don't miss this. In the text, Paul is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Onesimus is a picture of you and I. And Philemon is a picture of God the Father. Don't, don't miss this beautiful picture. It's just, I mean, I just got it. We have wronged the God the Father. We're running from God. and the, from God, we, we, All the way back to Genesis we have hid ourselves from God. When they hid behind the trees, we're, we're done the same. We, we hide ourselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees in the garden. Mankind has constantly been on the run from God. But one day God brings mankind to the Savior. He brings Onesimus to Paul. Paul, a picture of this Jesus Christ. Onesimus, Paul, as a picture of the sinner. He brings them together. Verse 17, Paul is writing, taking to the Father on his behalf. If thou count me, therefore a partner. He's writing Philemon, he's writing to the Father the same way. Receive him as myself. When he comes back to you, don't receive him like that sorry good for nothing that he was. That he stole from you. That he done wrong. No. When he comes back to you. I want you to treat him. Like you treat me. Mm. Can I say when I stand before the father. The son has requested. That the father doesn't treat me like me. He's requested that his father treats me like he treats 
his son. Talking about a picture, verse 18, he says, if he had wronged thee, Father Jimmy has wronged you. He owes you something. He has wronged thee, and he, or he owes thee aught. This is what I want you to do. Put it on my account. Put it on my account. But Paul, you ain't done nothing wrong. Yeah, you're right. I ain't done nothing wrong. I know, but I love him so much that I'm willing to take what he has done and put it on me. You say, what, what happened? Oh, yeah, that happened. The Bible said in Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we're all healed. We're all a sheep have gone astray. We have turned away everyone to his own self. And the Lord have laid upon him the iniquity of us all. You know what Jesus Christ did for you and I? The picture of the text is Jesus Christ said, I, I know they have done wrong, Father. I know they have sinned against you. I know they have broken every one of your righteous laws. But put it on my account. Don't charge it to them. Don't lay it to their charge. For Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Just put all that on me. And I will pay for every last bit of it. In the rich, redeeming blood of my own self. I will wash it. I will cleanse it. I will pay the debt off. Thank God this evening of all wrongs and all my sins and all my faults and failures. Uh, the, they're laid on the back of Jesus Christ. He took them all for me. It's on his account. I like this. I, I was... I've got to think about this. This is the record of me. All, all of my filth, ungodliness, unrighteousness. Every charge against me is written down in the book. Every one of them. God, God ought to read the book on Jimmy and say, Hey, I ought to put you in hell. You ought to put me in hell for this record. Here's the book on Christ. Flawless, sinless, nothing wrong, pure, innocent, never committed a sin. His pain. Jesus said, I will take that on. I, I, I'll take us a law imputation. It's talking about he's imputing uh, his righteousness upon me, not because I'm righteous, but he's imputing his righteousness because he took it. He said what he said. He said, Father, I'll tell you what, I'll take that. Look at him. Look at Jimmy, just like you were seeing me. No longer look at his sin. No longer look at his past. But look at, I'll take it on him. Lay all of his sin on me. I'll pay the price. Yeah. That's what he did. I'll take care of all of it, he said. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty good to know when God made a swap like that. Our sins, his righteousness. 
got his housewife in. Verse 19, I, Paul, have written with my own hand, I will repay it. I will take care of it. Verse 21, having confidence in the, thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. You know what you can count on from the Father? He will always give more than what you ask. He'll always give you more. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. We see Onesimus' prophet, verse 11, which in times past he was unprofitable, but now he's profitable to me and you. He used to be unprofitable. He used to be un no good. He used to be bad. He was a good for nothing to the Father and to the Son. He was good for nothing. Even to the Holy Spirit, he was good for nothing. Living his own life, doing his own thing. He was, he was rotten. He's no good. But the Lord comes by graciously and brought him into the place of repentance. I love that. I'm so glad God came by and brought me to a place of repentance and faith towards Christ. Putting all my sins on His account. He paid it all and gives me more than I've ever asked for. Here's my question for you tonight. Is God getting a return on His investment with you? We find this friend of Paul, he turns into somebody that was profitable for his ministry, for the Lord. I wonder since the Lord has done all that he's done for you, he's made you profitable. Does he get the return back on you? Or is he saying it was a bad investment? Bad investment. you read Luke 19, he's talking about he gave the servants money to see what investments they would do with it. Same with us. He made an investment of us. He expects us to give him a return in his investment. We see his life. That's right. If you go back to Colossians, verse number 9. We see how Onesimus was and what kind of man he was from the beginning. And we went all the way back to Colossians where we first see him. He says, with Onesimus, now he's able to say, a faithful and beloved brother, which is one of you. God made an investment in this man. God has made an investment in you and I. And we need some return. He needs a return. Onesimus, I believe I can see it in every one of us tonight. We've all been in bondage of sin. We've all ran from God. Some of us probably still running from God. But God, by the providence of God, will work things out to bring you to a place to give you the chance to repent and start trusting in the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. Out of all the ones I've read, I, I want to be an Onesimus. That's, that's the one I want to be. 
I want to be able to say, hey, he's gone through this. He's done that. He was this. He was a rotten, no good scandal. He, was, he, was, he wasn't worth anything, but God got a hold of him and changed his life. Now I'm profitable to the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. 